Welcome to Run With Purpose. This is episode number 33. For those of you that are new to the show, my name is Flores, and I'm so very glad that you found this podcast. Would love if you consider subscribing. And as always, you can reach out to me on all the socials at flores.run. Hope everyone's having a, a great week so far. Um, I'm actually recording this the day it releases. So uh, it's actually 7.30 in the morning. I should have already had the episode out, but you know what? That's how things work sometimes things get busy and you just have to, you know, make things work the best you can. So yeah, this is where we're at, uh, in this situation. I'm trying a new recording setup. So hopefully this sounds decent. Let me know if, uh, if it doesn't, and then we can go back and tweak some things as well. But yeah, uh, things have been going good here. Uh, just training has been going pretty steady. Um, not really prepping for anything just yet, obviously with all the races and stuff being postponed or canceled and that sort of thing, kind of just playing the maintaining game at this point. Um, in a few weeks, I'll be starting a training cycle for Boston and Boston actually sent some emails out about training plans that they had and they looked pretty interesting, but I'm not sure how, if I want to like switch it up since I've been doing the Hanson plan, if I want to do that, or if I want to, um, try their plan or I, I don't know, we'll see how I feel. Um, going into it, but they, their plan looked pretty interesting. It had some cool interval type workouts, um, a lot of hill workouts, obviously with Boston. So I might incorporate some of that stuff into my training plan, but we shall see. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully there's no issues with Boston actually happening. I got an email this week as well. It was a part of that same email with the training stuff talking about like, they're looking forward to seeing what this race would look like and making sure everyone stays safe. And I'm like, please do not cancel this race. Um, but you know what, if it does got to take it in stride and figure out how to make it work, you know, (laughs) um, the next few weeks we've got, I've got some pretty cool interviews lined up. Um, some folks that I know, and then actually some strangers as well. Oddly enough, I decided to go on Reddit and just find some people that may have interesting running stories or interesting backgrounds and, you know, just have a conversation with them. So there'll be people that I've literally never met or never talked to, and we'll be talking to them the first time live on the show. So I think that'll be pretty interesting little, little project. Um, I got a lot of responses on the Reddit page. Um, I just did it in like the, uh, the running thread and yeah, it's been, it was, it was interesting meeting some people or chatting with some people rather and uh, looking forward to some of those conversations. So you definitely want to check back every week um, to hear some, some great things coming up here. And, you know, that's obviously a shameless plug for you to keep coming back, but hopefully you enjoy it. So uh, today I wanted to switch things up a little bit and kind of stick more on the running aspect itself, um, get a little more lighthearted. I know a lot of the conversations lately, um, a lot of topics I've been talking about have been more like COVID time related. Uh, I thought we might get away from that for, you know, for a week or two and uh, get into some feel good stuff or some very lighthearted kind of thing. So uh, this week I decided to talk a little more personal, if you will, about gear. Um, Obviously the title of this episode is gear and really just like my likes and dislikes and and like my thoughts when looking at new gear or what I want to do. And um, now I'll just get this straight off of the bat, like just straight out. I'll say this, like gear does not make you stronger, faster, better, whatever you want to put there. It doesn't make you um, gear itself won't help you get to get your goals completed. Um, but there's some things that you can use the gear you can use to help progress with that. You know, you can't substitute hard work 
if you're not going to put in the work, there's no, you know, nothing that's going to help you get there. Um, you know, you can't buy the 4% Nikes, you know, they're $300 and expect to run a sub 202 marathon just because you have those shoes. You know, there's a lot of hard work and dedication and stuff that puts into, to, to, um, to get to that level. And it's not just gear itself to do it. You have to put in the work, but you can use the gear, um, you know, as tools in your toolbox. You know, there's certain things that you can do, you know, like training and nutrition and all that. Those are all tools that we have in our toolbox and gear is just another one of those things that can help us get towards our goal, but it's not going to specifically help achieve the goal. If that makes sense. I just want to make that very clear. So nobody thinks I'm trying to be like, you must get these shoes or you must get this watch or you must get whatever in order to be fat. It's, that's not going to happen. So hopefully that doesn't come across in here. And then the other thing to kind of, um, it be as a, as a PSA is you have to do what works for you. Um, we talked about it, uh, about training plans and, uh, I'll do an episode of nutrition here soon and it'd be nutrition as well. But like all of this stuff has to work for you just because it works for somebody else. doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. It might, you know, there might be some good pieces you can take away from it, but it doesn't, it's not a one for one that, Hey, my friend that runs with me all the time, we run similar pace and similar, whatever. If I get all the stuff he has, I'll run better too, or whatever the case might be. So I know it's a long rant of a PSA. Just, I just want people to be very much aware that gear isn't going to make you better. It is just another tool in your toolbox. All right. Now I'm going to share what works for me and why it works for me and kind of my thinking behind some of the, the gear. And when I was writing through my notes and stuff like that, I thought, Hey, it'd be pretty cool just to start from like the top down or from the bottom up, top down, bottom up, bottom up from the shoes. Yeah. Obviously you've got to start with the shoes. Um, I've been wearing new balance Vongos for the past few years now. I think I'm on my like Let's see, I had three of the first one for, I'm probably on like my 10th or 11th pair of them, I think. And I've got one in the box waiting for me to start using. I just opened one. Um, I love them. They're, they've been great. They're a stability shoe, but they're lightweight. Um, they fit my feet right. They're a little, they're wider in the toe box, which has helped me a lot. And um, shoes are definitely one of those things that you need to, to you know get sized for and make sure you're getting the right style for your foot and that sort of thing not just go willy-nilly because of the colors you know don't buy shoes because they're pretty colors um you know some people say oh that's only only ladies do that i'm like no i know guys that only buy specific model shoes because they're not the right color combo and you know if you're trying to match your outfit like uh going out and stuff like that maybe that makes sense i guess um but for running it doesn't matter because you should just be wearing what you should be wearing for your feet and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, the, the new balance Vongos have been, been great for me. I've always bought the the previous year's model as well, because I don't feel like paying $160 for a pair of running shoes that are going to last me a couple months. It just seems ridiculous. Um, to me, that seems ridiculous. I mean, if you want to spend the money on that, you know, by all means, if you have the, uh, means and opportunity to do so, then go ahead and do it. Um, but yeah, the, the Vongos have been really nice. Wide toe box has been helpful. Um, they're not super heavy, which has helped with the training as well. And they're pretty versatile. I've, they've got decent amount of tread on them out of the box. So it was, I've been able to do some trail runs and stuff like that with them as well. Obviously heavy trail, probably not recommended. You probably should get some trail shoes. Um, 
but yeah, that, that, that's kind of there for me. And I'll give a shout out to where I get my shoes, even though I don't get any kickback from them, even though I have asked for a kickback <laughs> in previous uh, instances, but I use uh, runningwarehouse.com or Joe's new balance outlet.com. Um, since I know my size and the Vongos is the style I always do, I can save a ton of money. I think I can get like, I think I'm on the V threes. I'm on the third version of the Vongos, which came out two years ago, I think. And I get them for like 60 bucks a pair. So I buy two or three at a time, <clears throat> leave them in the closet and then open them up when I need to. And you guys have seen on Instagram, you know, I put, um, the Philippians 413 on one shoe. I number them because I usually end up getting the same colors and don't want to make sure I'm mixing shoes. Cause that could easily happen. Um, but yeah, so you can check those guys out and they've got really good deals. Obviously the new balance outlet is just new balance stuff, but running warehouse has everything. Um, and that's actually where I get a lot of my other stuff as well. Running warehouse. Um, I get my shorts, gloves. I've gotten some hats from there. Um, they, they, they have like an array of things. They have really good deals. You can always find a coupon code somewhere online. Um, they do free returns, which is super nice. So if you don't know what you want, um, not that I recommend just buying stuff to return it, but I mean, they offer free returns. That's how it works. Sometimes you pay a little extra maybe for it, but I'll, I'll order like, um, when I was trying to figure out about the Vongos or trying to find a different shoe, um, I did it with my trail shoes, trying to figure out which trail shoes I wanted. I ordered like six or seven, which Kayla's like, why is there $600 on her credit card right now? I'm like, don't worry, don't worry. Some of it's getting returned. She's like, some of it. I'm like, yes, some of it. Don't ask questions. Um, but, uh, yeah, running warehouse is where I get my shorts and stuff like that. And, I'm not a specific brand to shorts. Um, I just need something that's comfortable. Um, I like the joke that I show a little bit of leg. Um, I remember when I first started running, I had longer shorts cause I was always that, that kid that had like the longer shorts and like everything had to be below the knee. <clears throat> Nothing could be high at all. So I was like, ah, I need to have a below the knee and yada, yada, yada. But as I've run through the years, I say they keep shrinking. Um, it's been, I don't know what it is, but I feel so much more comfortable and like the low ones. So I'll do like the three inch splits or, or the five inch splits at, at the longest. Um, I don't know. I just feel super comfortable, comfortable in those and a little bit of body glide and don't have to worry about any uh, issues between the legs. You know what I mean? Some people know what I mean, hopefully. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I feel best at as far as <clears throat> tights and that sort of thing. Um, I think I've shared this before, but I have my, my, the way I dress is depicted on the temperature roughly. Um, but my, my main rule of thumb that I use is if it's, um, below 30 degrees and that is just, uh, temperature, not with wind chill below 30 degrees, I will wear tights. Um, and then if it's like below 10, I'll wear like pants, like thicker pants. That's a, that's a, that's a gauging rule that depends on how I feel that day or where I'm running and that's, or how long I'm running if I want to wear that. But the, the hard rule I have is 30 degrees. So it's funny because sometimes it'll be like exactly 30, but with the wind chill, it's like 18. I'm like, but it's 30. I've got to wear shorts. So wear shorts and just bundle up on the top. <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh crap. I forgot to mention socks. How, how can you start from the bottom to the top and forget socks? Socks I would say are like the most other than shoes they're probably the most important thing for runners to have. So like for new runners out there listening to this, I would say, you know, 
after you find a good pair of shoes, find a good pair of socks because you will notice there's a night and day difference when you go to just like a cotton sock to a synthetic sock or a wool sock. Um, you know, it, it'll definitely help your feet in the long run and you'll definitely feel better throughout the run. Um, I run basically in um, Balega socks. Balega? I think that's how you say it. I don't know. South African. Um, there's a handful of exceptions I have to those. I've got some like long, thin ones that I wear in trail. Those are Asics. Um, and I might have some Saucony socks as well, but most of them are Belega. Um, they're the first running sock I bought. I remember I bought it at a Fleet Feet in Cincinnati when I ran the uh, Kings Island 10K. Uh, which was a miserable race uh, with a crazy hill right in the middle. But it was my first 10K and I wanted to do it on an hour and I did. They're like 59 minutes, I think. Um, that's a side note. But I fell in love with those socks. Um, I didn't wear them that first day. Obviously, you don't. I don't want to race in that kind of thing. Did I? No, I didn't. I didn't. I wore my regular, my other socks. I had like these thin cotton socks, which again, mistake. Um, but yeah, they've... Uh, they were, they were a great sock from the beginning. And right now I'm wearing the, um, the comforts. They're kind of my go-to for all season stuff. And then I have some thicker ones that I wear if it's super cold or if I'm having to like truck through snow and stuff like that. I do need to invest in some wool ones. I think I've heard good things about them. Um, I wear wool socks when I hike and that sort of thing. So I can't imagine there'd be too much of a difference. So I'm not sure. I don't know. We'll figure out if I'm, I'm going to do that in the winter this next year. But um, the reason why you have to kind of think about it is these socks can get expensive. Um, they run, you know, $10 to $15 a pair. So, you know, sometimes you can find deals where you get packets like three or four in a set and, and you can save some money there, but they do last a long time. So that that is a, a plus with the cost fact. I mean, the first pair I was telling you about before, I actually just threw away a few months ago and I ran that 10 K in 2010. So, um, they've definitely lasted a long time. Obviously it's rotating through socks. It's not the only socks I wore, but I wore those for quite a few races. Um, I wore them for my first half, my first marathon, and I probably worn them for a couple marathons since, but they've seen a lot of training runs. They've seen a lot of miles. I wonder if I should start tracking my sock mileage. That'd be more of a pain in the butt than the shoes. It'd be interesting though, to get like, to see actually how long the socks work. But, all right. That's another tangent. Sorry. I won't get back off the tangents. Um, for shirts and stuff like that, um, because of all of the races I've done, I don't need to buy shirts. Um, I have no problem wearing race shirts to other races, um, or during training and that sort of thing. I do have three tank tops that I've, that I've purchased, um, that I wear for lightweight. It helps in the, the fall runs or really any of my races that you know, start off a little cooler and all I need to do is wear gloves and then I'd have a tank the rest of the time. Uh, they're super lightweight and they, they're just, they're great. Um, but other than that, I have just race shirts. Um, I, I guess I technically paid for them with registration, but I was like, there's no reason to buy more of them since I have plenty of race shirts and I keep basically one of each, like I call it style, I guess you can say from like a thin short sleeve to a thick long sleeve and like everything in between. So again, depending on the weather, you know, if it's raining or if it's windy or anything like that, like sometimes, you know, if it's a little bit of rain, but it's still kind of warm, I don't necessarily want to wear like a super thin 
um, short sleeve shirt just so I'm not like completely drenched, but you know, there's, there's, it's hard getting dressed for runs, especially in the Midwest can be, be tricky because it can be super cold. And then 15 minutes later, be warm and, and raining and then snowing again. Um, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Gotta love the Midwest, but that's kind of what I do. I know a lot of people buy specific shirts to, to, to race in and that sort of thing. And yeah, I mean, if that, if that works for you, great, but I've just found that I've done enough races where I've been able to pick and choose, um, which shirts I really liked. I would say my go-tos there's, um, and I think it's in most of my pictures is either my possum shirts that I wear. Cause those are super comfy or there's from the Derby marathon. It's a lime green. It says I run because, and it has like all these reasons why people ran the race. So you had to, you fell out a thing beforehand and they made it in the shirt, but it's, it's neon green. So it's good to wear in when it's dark out and it's like lightweight, but yeah, it's, it's great. And then I have the Mercedes marathon from Birmingham, Alabama, there's a neon yellow of that. And those are probably my go-tos between like my red possum and those two shirts. I probably wear those most often. I have been putting my Juno marathon shirt through the ringer. It's a little bit thicker of a short sleeve. So it's been nice in this May weather for whatever reason, it's like 38 degrees outside right now in the middle of May. Cause you know, why not? Um, but yeah, running clothes can, can add up real quick. So I'm, I try to stay on top of it when I do races and basically decide, do I want to donate the shirt or keep it relatively quickly after the expo to say, Hey, does this work or not? Uh, like Mississippi blues was like a long sleeve yellow and it's got a, it's like a half or a quarter zip. I might keep it just from like a regular wearing shirt. Um, but I'm still on the fence with it. So it might get donated or it may have already been donated. It might actually be in the back of my trunk now that I think about it. Um, what's next? Uh, watch. Okay. So I wear a Coros Apex, um, is the watch I wear. Um, I've had, had Garmin's for years and really just got tired of battery life issues. You know, having eight hours of GPS battery was not fun because it wouldn't get me through a week of running. And yeah, I can't, I don't want to be charging my watch all the time. And I wanted something that would give me like a, like I could wear it all day. You know, I wanted a heart rate monitor just to make sure I was in my like training zones and that sort of thing. And when I wasn't training to keep everything in check and not, not exert myself too much, but I wanted something that I could wear all day that looked like a decent watch, you know, wasn't something super bulky or disgusting. And I, I was thinking about the Apple watch when that came out, but the battery life for GPS was garbage. Everything else was super cool. But then I was like, well, do I really want to be addicted to a yet another device? And this one would be with me all the time on my wrist. I was like, nah, let's not do that. So at the beginning of 2019, Coros um, released this watch and they had, they, they had this claim of a 30 hour GPS battery life. And that wasn't like the like ultra max, like some of the Garmin's had that was like a, I think it was like a 24, 28 hour battery life, but you had to like, it pinged every like 30 seconds or minute. So it really wasn't usable. It would just make sure you didn't get lost in the wilderness is how I really looked at it. So I was like, well, 30 hours for regular GPS. I'm like, hmm, I might have to try this out. And I've been hooked ever since. Um, they're, they're awesome. They're an awesome company. They keep releasing new features and they don't make you require, they don't require you to buy a new watch to do it. You know, it came just regular. And then a couple months down the road, they released a maps feature. So now I can put maps on it so I can track them. Maybe it's just breadcrumbs, but at least helps me 
when I'm picking out a new route, knowing which way I need to turn rather than getting lost or having to take my phone and stuff like that. So that's been super helpful. Um, and, and they've got a lot of extra analytic stuff that even as a data nerd, I'm not getting into cause I don't want to go too far into the weeds of trying to, to control every little thing, you know, like my, the, the impact time on my feet, like, Oh, is my left foot impact time, this and that. And I'm like, nah, that's going to drive me bonkers. Cause I know how I get with the data. So overall though, it's what I need. It syncs with Strava and yeah, that's kind of how I wrap everything around. It's super nice. Only having to charge my watch once, maybe twice a month. If I had some long runs or a race, I might have to charge it again. Um, but I rarely have to charge it and I wear it all day, every day. I wore it for sleep for a while to kind of do sleep tracking, but I don't know, wearing a watch while I sleep wasn't the most comfortable thing to do. So stop doing that. Um, let's see what else did I want to talk about hats. So headgear, I prefer wearing it. I like to keep my hair relatively long on the top. Um, and I don't know, I just feel comfortable wearing hats. I've been wearing hats for quite a while now. So I've got, got a handful of different ones. I've got like some Nike trail hats. Um, I've got my USA team USA hat. That's a Nike trail hat as well. Um, I have a Sakura hat that I bought eons ago. That's probably one of my go-tos. It's lightweight. It's white. Um, you can just soak, you know, throw it in a cooler and get it freezing and then put it back on your head, which is nice during some warm runs. Um, one of my, uh, interesting hats that I go to a lot, I've got this $5 trucker hat from tractor supply. I bought two of them, bought a red one and a green one. The red one finally got disgusting, di disgusting with the sweat. Cause it's just a basic trucker hat. Like it's not meant for running and that sort of thing. But <clears throat> my green one, has seen a ton of miles. Um, and it's interesting, you know, you can spend 30, 40, $50 on a hat, but my $5 trucker hat gets the job done, keeps the sun out of my face. Um, more often than not, I'm wearing my hat backwards though, which kind of doesn't make any sense. It really just helps to hold my hair back, you know, long hair problem, I guess. Um, but yeah, I got used to it when I ran, I think it was Big Sur that year. Was that 2016? 2016 or 2017, whenever I ran Big Sur, man, I'm, I need to remember these dates. Um, my hair was super long. Um, and so I got used to wearing backward hats since then, really. Other than that, I used to wear like headbands and that sort of thing. But um, for, let's see, my glasses. Oh, yeah. Uh, sunny days. I like to grab my shady rays on um, their super light polarizing glasses. They don't bounce off my fa face and they, they definitely take a beating. Um, they fall in a bunch of times. Um, I've scratched some pairs up on the lenses, but that's just because I was stupid. Uh, and like threw them in my bag and rubbed them against like, I think I don't know if it was my phone or a Ziploc bag. I don't know what it was. It ripped some of the polarizing off, but that's what happened. But they're super nice because they'll replace them for a small fee. I think it's just really just paying shipping for like one or two pairs. If you break them, you lose them, whatever, but they are pretty durable. And, and not only are they pretty cool looking glasses, in my opinion, they're like the Wayfair, like Ray-Ban kind of stuff, Shady Rays. I get it, Ray-Bans. Um, but don't, I don't think they really call it a Shady Rays for that purpose. It's like Sun Rays. But anyways, we're not going to get into that, um, that uh, copyright infringement kind of thing. But... They uh, also donated a portion of their sales to Feed America, which is, you know, hit, hits home to me with like the Hangar Ray series and stuff. So when I was looking between them and Gooder, 
Um, I just, because of that extra piece of it, I kind of went Shady Rays route. Um, and honestly, I, I kind of like just Shady Rays, just, you know, like typical glasses. Gooder goes with some crazy color combos and they could be pretty wild. Um, the Gooders seem to bounce a little bit on my face and it could just be the shape of my face. Again, all of these recommendations are for me, not necessarily for you. So take that into mind into consideration when you're thinking about these things. But, um, I've really enjoyed them. Um, I am an ambassador for shady rays, so I'm not just, you know, just to give that, um, uh, forewarning, I guess, or context rather. Um, but I was wearing them along before that happened. I was wearing them. I saw what they were doing in the community and that sort of thing. And I wanted to be a part and help support them at all. So, um, if there's something you, uh, if you want to try some of the glasses and you want a discount, just shoot, hit me up and uh, I'll do that. I think I have a link on the socials as well. But as you guys know, Instagram and Facebook hate me right now and you can't basically do anything on my page without it flagging something or another. It doesn't like the dot run and I still haven't figured it out and Facebook supports ticking me off, but it is what it is. Um, that kind of sums up the, the head to toe or toe to head in the route that I did it. Um, as far as gear, um, some of the other gear that I think is super important to have, um, is, is a foam roller. Um, obviously just from massaging and stretching and that sort of thing. I have a regular size one and a travel size one. I've got the one and I probably should have grabbed the name before I started this episode, but it's, uh, the travel one is like, it's a, it's a big black one. It's a plastic inside. So it's super hard. I actually ran over it with the BMW in Pittsburgh many, many moons ago and it's still going strong. It's a little dented, but it still works. Um, but it's got the, the, the deep ridges on it. So it definitely like gets in there pretty hard. So that's super nice. And then I've just got a smaller one of those, um, that I travel with. And then I also have the, um, the stick, the massaging stick. I think it's literally just called the stick. Um, and it's super nice just to be able to roll out my quads or my calves and stuff like that real quick. Um, I'll do it sometimes just sitting on the couch if things feel a little tight, just rub it out there. And I also have a travel one of those, just, it's just a smaller version. Um, and it actually gets me stopped at most airports because people think it's a weapon when it goes through security. So I get stopped and I have to explain what it is. And you know, then I'm like, it's a running thing. And then they see my running shoes and all of my other stuff. So they're like, Oh, okay, it's fine. I'm like, yes because this is a weapon, this piece of plastic, but I'm like, I guess anything could be a weapon, you know, an umbrella in that manner. Um, <clears throat> they, TSA is just doing their job. They're doing what they're supposed to. <clears throat> and then I would say another thing that it, on that same kind of lines of um, massaging and, and stretching and that sort of thing is I, I carry a golf ball with me almost everywhere I go um, because uh, that's how I massage the bottom of my foot. Just stand on the golf ball and, you know, massage for the planter and everything underneath just to keep everything loose. And, you know, I've seen those little ball things that have like the spikes that you can buy and they're like 15, 20 bucks. I'm like, why do that when you could just literally buy a golf ball? You can go to like a play it against sports and probably buy a golf ball for like a dime. Um, and it works just as fine. Um, I know some people use like the frozen water bottle and stuff like that to roll out, but I kind of like the golf ball size cause it kind of gets in all the nooks and crannies of the foot. So, um, yeah, I think that, that, that's, that probably sums up <clears throat> most of my gear. I'm trying to think if there's anything else specifically that I use. I'm looking at my yoga mat, but that's been here forever and I don't really use that. Um, I was going to add nutrition into this because it kind of kind of goes along with stuff that I carry and like my water bottle and stuff, but I'm going to do a different episode for nutrition. 
Um, my routine can be a little different than most and I'm curious on what other people do. So I might make that a different episode. Maybe have a guest on for that episode to kind of talk through nutrition and, and people's nutritional thoughts and maybe have someone that actually knows more about nutrition than me. Um, cause I just guess until I figure out what works and if it works, I keep doing it until it doesn't. Um, so that's kind of been my, my plan there, but, uh, I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what your go-to gear items are. You know, what kind of shoes you wear, what's your watch that you wear, uh, or you're like, no, I don't wear a watch because I don't need to know. I know some runners that don't wear watches because they just want to run and feel it. And they have no idea how far they run, which you know what, <clears throat> if that works for you, that works for you. <clears throat> I'm the, uh, the data nerd. So I need to know really everything. <laughs> almost everything, I guess. Um, but yeah, is there, is there a piece of gear that maybe you regret buying? You know, is there something there? I would say mine was buying every single piece of stretching equipment that I could read on Facebook or on YouTube. I have one of those, um, things that it's like a green thing. You put your foot on, like lean it back to stretch your calf. And I'm like, Oh, so it literally does the exact same thing as a curb would. So I'm just going to go outside. I think I actually might still have that piece now. I probably need to get rid of that. Um, I bought a lot of stuff. I had a lot of like calf and knee issues. So I bought like everything hoping that would solve it. And apparently all you need is rest. <laughs> Isn't that weird how you can just rest and heal a lot of your injuries? Okay. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really all I had for today. Um, like I said, we've got some cool interviews coming up in the next few weeks. So uh, definitely stay tuned for all of that. Um, hangry gear is still available online. You can visit the store at store.hangryraceseries.com. Purchase that obviously with the race not going on. We want to be able to still support Feed Delaware any way we can. Um, and this is kind of the way we're going to do it by selling t-shirts and hoodies and stuff like that. You can reach out to me everywhere on social media at flores.run. Um, would love if you subscribe and leave a review of the podcast. I don't have um, many reviews on Apple Podcasts and I would really like them. <laughs> so if you just leave a, a rating on there, a text of review would go a long way. I would super appreciate that. Helps get the word out about the podcast, continue to grow so people can hear things, make them better runners, keep running with purpose. But you can visit my website anytime at www.flores.run. Um, blogs are going to be updated there. Hopefully my editor gets this this week. She's listening to this now. You better get it. Thanks for joining me today. Remember to keep running with purpose one step at a time. See you guys next week.